Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. We're at Breakfast with Champions. Where you at? Great job, Ramon. Your smile and that profile photo is beautiful. Great. We got a serious conversation today. Um, there was an incident in Breakfast with Champions. They tried to shut our boy down, and I was not having it. I don't think anybody was having it. I mean, look at the photo he posted on Facebook, and he got that solved. But then there was another incident. We had a lovely speaker, Mrs. Rachel Dialto, pop in and drop some bombs. I believe it was on Monday, and she said something at the very beginning of her session, that you need to own your platform. And I was jumping up and down. Now, that wasn't the topic of discussion that day, so I DM'd her on the back channel, and I said, you need to come on on Thursday, and we need to talk about this. We need to talk about how creators and people, all like all of you in this room, need to own their platforms so you are not at the behest of the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the TikToks because so many people are spending thousands of hours building these platforms for these multi-billion dollar companies. But understand these companies can be gone tomorrow. If you don't believe me, think about Blockbuster, think about Toys R Us, MySpace, Twitter, Snapchat, even though you know Twitter and Snapchat are still around and solid platforms, the reach that they have is not what it was, right? The organic reach of Facebook is not what it was. The organic reach of Instagram is not what it was. But the real value and the real asset are the people and the creators. The companies don't want you to think that, right? The Amazons of the world that want to buy everything up and say, oh, I can just buy up every real estate brokerage out there on the planet and then throw them in a warehouse and pay the agents 1%. They think they can do that, but they can't because they can't scale people, we can scale people. So today we're gonna dig in on how to build and own your own platform so that you can take it to whatever channel happens to be popping and you can move it from platform to platform with ease and you become the asset, not the platform. And if you're somebody who's looking to build a platform or has some traction, you're definitely gonna to wanna to pay attention, grab a pen and paper because we like to get 
practical and tactical and give you actual things that you can dig into and execute so you can come back into this room and roll this stuff out. Now, Rachel D'Alto, after I started looking into her, I started realizing, you know, she's a former lawyer, real life relationship expert. She's a television host, keynote speaker, author, divorce mom, happily committed partner, dog lover, and an experienced wine taster. And then I looked a little bit deeper. And she's been featured on A&E and CNN and Fox News and TLC. And it goes on and on. TEDx, like I, Hallmark Channel. My wife, I'm sure, is a super fan if you've been anywhere near the Hallmark Channel. So it really connected the fact that Glenn brought on somebody that was an actual practitioner. And I am so excited. So my co-host, Amanda Dahl, and I are going to be interviewing Rachel. Amanda, do you want to say hi and then kick it over to Rachel for a quick intro? Hi, Rachel. I'm like so girl fanning over you. I loved the interview the other day. I was so excited to hear what you had to say, and I'm excited to dive in today. So good to see you. Oh, my gosh. It's so great to be here and great to meet you. Uh, I, I'm Rachel. I feel like you've already said enough about me. I was like, I, I, I can't say more, but I'm just excited. This is uh, my favorite place to be in the morning. So I'm excited to talk to both of you about uh, so many of these important elements and uh, relatability and how it ties into connecting to your audience wherever you are and making sure that you are on a level with them that they feel like they're a part of of whatever you are creating. And uh, especially here in Breakfast with Champions, I think that is why people are here is because, uh, and why it keeps growing is because people are able to relate and connect on a level that is just inspiring and motivating. So happy to be here. Super fired up. Amelia, did you have something to add? I saw you unmic yourself for a second there. Maybe I was, was clapping. Just, I was ah, just that's clapping. Exciting. Just clapping. That's awesome. That makes me happy. All right. So let's dig right into it. So I guess, first of all, Rachel, when I say platform, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about obviously the social channels that people are spending a lot of time and, and money and energy building these platforms on. But what does platform mean to you? Or maybe you can explain the high level concept of what we're going to get into today. Yeah, it's interesting because, and, and I'm actually a prime example pr previously of what not to do. So when I was on Married at First Sight, I didn't even have an opt-in. Uh, I was on national TV every week for for a couple of years and uh, just didn't really think forward, was was very much in the moment, which is great uh, for, for you know, your, your presence is important, but you also need to think about what's next and your then what, which is something I talked about with Glenn on. Friday or uh, Tuesday. Oh my gosh. Every day is like blending together. I was just talking to Tamara in the back channel. It's like, I, I don't know which end is up. I, I'm all over the place with this book launch. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't own anything and I didn't create anything. And when I think about platform now, I think about my people. It's really connecting with your people. It's connecting with the people that you are looking to speak to and connecting with those that, that need your message. And so when you think about platform, it's how can I grow my foundation? And, and I think of all of our businesses as a, a house that you build upon. And if you don't have that foundation, you don't have that foundation of people, then we are in a situation where you're not as stable as you could be. And you know that you, in real estate, you know, you've got to check out that foundation and, and our platforms are really what we're building upon. And, and that's why when I said that the other day about Facebook or, or any platform clubhouse, frankly, is um, it's somebody else's platform. And so 
you can't check the foundation. We don't know the, the foundation of any of these platforms and we don't know how stable they are. So we wanna make sure that we are diverse enough so that if one pillar falls, we can stand upon the other. And, and that's where things start to really, you start to think about how you can create opportunities to be directly connected to your audience, which is why you know I created uh, and a more powerful email list. It's why I have diversity in my platforms. It's why I went on TikTok and uh, the social media show I, I, is an absolute essential part of Breakfast with Champions. And, and they're so amazing of helping people understand that there are so many different opportunities to, to grow your platforms and grow your pillars so that if one falls, you're still standing. Okay. So I just love everything that you said. And as I was literally replaying this question in my head, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to get this out right. And yet I'm just dying to know the answer if there's an answer. When we start doing this, right, we start building the foundation for these various platforms. And you just named uh, several of them that we could have and diversifying yourself. I feel like one of the most important things as you're building these connections with people is making sure that they understand that whatever platform it is across the board, it's a safe space to engage and feel like they're a part of something. I mean, that's the whole point of it, right? And so if that is the case, I feel like a lot of us struggle with that because when you create a space for people to come to, to really, really, really cultivate connection and relationships, you're, and you bring a lot of people to that space, it's hard. The bigger that it gets or the more inclusive that it gets, it's extremely hard to still maintain that level of letting everyone know it's a super safe space to come to because they could be popping into one platform and out of the other and maybe they come across something and it could be taken out of context or maybe it might be something that could turn somebody off. So I don't even know if this is making sense and really the question I wanna know is how do you manage that? How do you manage to diversify across all platforms and still keep that safe space and let everybody know that up front so they know that they're welcome and inclusive and you're not actually hindering yourself by turning people off because of something that you might set out they might have taken out of context if that makes sense totally makes sense and it's such an interesting uh conversation because uh, there are a lot of people who hire out social media i've never so everything i post on social media i do myself sometimes i schedule posts but i am hands-on in there and i think that's where some people go wrong is they outsource too far and they don't have the right people in there making sure that the community is being taken care of so this is not a crock pot your social media is not a set it and forget it uh, it will burn and so you need to be hands-on in there and that's something that's really important it's also understanding how can you manage your time to make sure that you are in a place to be that hands-on so i i can't be everywhere uh you know I, I i said about finding those different platforms to make sure if a pillar falls but but you also have to make sure that you have the time and energy to invest in all of those different situations and uh it's really important to be in there and i i manage my comments and i Definitely, I, I manage the content and you want to make sure that you are engaging with your audience, but you're also letting people know when they've crossed a line. And so uh, 
trolls that are they're online it's the same people offline it's just they're a lot more vocal and uh they're in black and white letters uh when they're commenting on things so you want to make sure that you're investing there and you're protecting the people who lift you up in there and that's really something that i make sure of uh, but also it's it's so essential and this is something i talk about in my book a lot is is just the way that we can connect with people even if we are online uh even if we are remote this is a prime example is clubhouse where we are so connected to one another on here and we're so able to to build these real relationships and that's because we've created intimacy in these spaces and so you can do that as an umbrella you can do that as a whole and I don't know if Donna is here. She's she's West Coast, but she talks about uh, being on video and how important it is and how important stories are, especially on Instagram. And, and that is where people get a glimpse into who you are as a human. And at the end of the day, we are not businesses. I don't care what your business is. You, you own a business. You are a human. And we need to bring our humanity back to the table. And we need to bring our humanity back to our our communities and our platforms, because that's when you get people who invest in you. I have people, I haven't been on Married at First Sight for, I don't know, they're in like season gajillion. And I haven't been on since seasons four and five. Yet so much of my base, especially on Instagram, are still rabid fans because of Married at First Sight, but they're rabid fans and they remain that way because they see humanity in what I post. And so that's how, if you you lead from the top and you have to lead from the top of what you post and what you promote and who you are online. And so if you can create that and direct that from the top, it's a lot easier to filter out the people that don't belong there because you do want to protect that community and you do want to protect people coming into that space. So you touched on a couple massive key points there, right? And talked about trust and consistency of character and protecting your community. I echo everything that you say about social the people that I know that are doing it on the highest level, they are still the voice of their platform, right? I can tell when they're responding to a DM or they're responding to a comment and I can tell when somebody else has just hired a company to do it. And there's probably no quicker way to lose the trust of your audience than to basically have an auto person or, or somebody that doesn't understand your voice or your company representing you. Now, we are going to speak to the fact that, you know, the types of people that are in this space and growing the platforms have good intent, right? And I think that's where sometimes people that are in leadership positions can struggle a little bit. They don't want to ask for the email sign up because they feel like, you know, they don't want to ask anything of their audience, right? You know, they feel like they're building a community, but if they don't ask, they're missing one of the biggest opportunities out there. Like you said, email list, like that is one of the key components of owning your audience because you need a method of communication with them outside of social platforms. So explain to me maybe from the perspective of a leader of how you can get over that hump of asking for the sign up in a way where you are going to provide them that value and you are going to honor their relationship and you're going to trust them. But you, you kind of get what I'm saying here? Totally. And I honestly had that problem because I'm not just going to ask. And someone paid me a, an enormous compliment after my interview on Tuesday and they just said, I could hear your servant heart. 
And I hope that that always comes across. And I hope that always comes across whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm speaking on or whatever uh, show I'm a part of. But if you come from a place of service and you come from a place of giving, you are doing them a disservice by not asking them to engage with you more directly. And so I've always wanted to create an opportunity for people to to learn, for people to feel uh, included. And that's always what what my asks are, are always part of that. So I have, for me, uh, I'm a big fan of, I, I have an assessment, I have the relatable assessment that I'm rolling out in corporations, but I also have kind of the light version of it, which is my social superpowers quiz. And that's what people can get on my website. And it is an opt-in to my email list. Uh, it will get you into the flow of things but they're also learning about themselves. They're getting a lot of content from that that doesn't sell anything. Frankly, I don't have any, I, I don't have products. I mean, I have a book now, <laughs> which I, I'm sorry, people have heard about this all all week on, uh, on especially Breakfast of Champions, but uh, I don't I don't sell products. I don't have, you know, I don't coach. Uh, my ticket items are very high level. They're speaking or they're my assessment, but, I want to create community. I want to create that platform. I want to create that foundation of who I am and who I'm speaking to so they can opt into those things. So I would think anyone who is afraid to ask for something, ask themselves first, what am I providing? And what is the service I'm providing? And how can I let them know that this is a benefit to them? There is a benefit to them that far exceeds what I am gaining here. So really it's, it's all the perspective. How am I connecting with my audience and what is that inspiration? I think at the end of the day, and we we talked about this uh, in Glenn's uh, segment with me, where it's it's without purpose, everything else is pointless. So really figuring out what is my purpose, what am I doing here, and what am I offering from a service level, and then asking how can I engage with them further, and then asking for that email changes the perspective of everything. Okay, so highlighter moment. Without, say that again. Without purpose, there is no point. Point. Yes. Yeah. Put it on a sticky note on your mirror, print it on a t-shirt. I hope you all wrote that down. I love that. So let me just tell you, Rachel, 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 when you go on book tour and you come to Tampa Bay, you DM me because we are going to hook up for sure. We're going to make sure that is the best location for you. I just love everything that you're saying. So let's go back to this email list because I think a lot of times people miss the mark, right? So, so often they don't want to opt into that, right? And for whatever reason, and I feel like a lot of the reason is because the majority of the time when they do, they feel like they're getting spammed, right? It's disingenuous. And so please explain to the audience, the importance of actually subscribing through that email list or joining that because I don't want them to miss out. And I, I really want them to understand why it's important for them to do that. Well, and you also have to treat those emails as precious correspondence. This is not your opportunity to to just land uh, all the sales. And you can't start with that. That's an it's it's a nurture sequence for a reason. And you want to nurture that relationship, just like any other relationship that you create. I think of the the giving of the email is saying yes to a first date. That is not when you get married. So, uh, except if you're married at first sight, uh, <laughs> I always have to add that caveat in, but it's, it's not the, the end all be all of the relationship. It's the beginning of the conversation. So I think what happens oftentimes is 
people have been scared straight, kind of just like people have gone on a lot of bad dates. If you have said yes to a lot of dates and they've turned out horrible, then you're going to be a little bit more cautious with who you go out with. And it's the same thing with emails. If you've given your email to people and they have not been good to you or they've spammed you or they've just talked to you in a way that didn't resonate, you're going to be more cautious. So it's not your fault that that happened, that that happened to the people that you're speaking to in their past, just like you go out with somebody and they've had bad experiences. It's not your fault that they had those bad experiences. However, it, you know, I, I think back to when I was a lawyer, there is uh, there's civil law that it's called the eggshell plaintiff, which means if you break somebody who was already very delicate, it's on you. And so it's on us to meet people where they are. And it's on us to protect that relationship from the beginning. So when you are starting to email somebody, you have to gently ease into that relationship. You have to create a space where they feel like they are seen and they are heard and you are not taking advantage of them. And so that's really kind of the mindset that I have going into any sort of emails is I want them to know that I'm so happy that they are there. I'm so I'm so thrilled that they want to be a part of this and I am going to take this relationship very seriously and protect them and ease into those conversations and not ask for anything until I feel like they have gained enough. So I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here too and explain to you a bit of what I've been doing in the past, what I'm doing now, and I'm sure I'm doing things wrong. So I'm going to have you audit maybe some of my strategies and I'll, I'll tell everybody exactly what I'm doing and you down to do that and give me some tough love. Totally down. Tough love is my jam. <laughs> okay, let's go. And then after we're done, I will send you a book. I will look into you and I will pick a book that I think will add value to your life. Just flip me your address and I will send it to you because I value people. So my background is real estate and media. Um, I happen to be in proximity to amazing people. Like I've got some incredible mentors initially not paid relationships, but I invest in people that invest in myself. So I started a podcast years ago called Prime People. And I've had amazing guests like the one and only Glenn Lundy. I've had Ryan Surhan, Scott McGilvery, the list goes on and on. But I was doing it on YouTube and you know, get, getting decent traction. And the podcast actually does better than the YouTube channel. But I just felt like there was so much content there that wasn't even being extrapolated, right? Because unless you deliver the content to people in a way that it's concise, a lot of times they just don't take the time to read it, right? So then I started a room on Clubhouse called Practical and Tactical. And I brought on guests and we got some really good traction with that room. Glenn Lundy came on with Will and a whole bunch of guys in the beginning. So that's probably why it helped. And then I felt like, all right, I got a good base of traction here and I got an audience, but I wanna make sure that I can keep providing these people value. Right, So I created an email list. Nobody signed up in the beginning because I wasn't offering anything of value. But here's where the rubber hits the road, and I want you to audit this process. So now when I bring on a guest, I use a app called otter.ai. I transcribe that guest podcast into a transcription. I have my graphic designer turn that transcription into an action guide. So we're dropping one action guide a month. Um, we did a monster one on YouTube two months ago. We're dropping a storytelling one next month. We had Kyle Scott from Sirhan Ventures. He was at NBC for 10 years, ran digital, and really give people tools, right? So I've noticed that that's helped significantly, and the email list is starting to grow. But what I'm doing is, you know, during my speeches, I'm telling people where they can go to get it. 
And then they're going to the website and they're signing up for the email list and I'm sending them the action guide, but I don't know what to do next. So is there anything in that process that you would do differently or something that you think should be the next organic iteration that I just don't know because I haven't done it yet? Because I think that'll give people a lot of value in this conversation. Well, I think that's brilliant. I mean, everybody should be repurposing content and, uh, you know, that's something that that I've definitely invested in over the years. So I think that's absolutely brilliant. And also, uh, you know, understanding, I think one of the main things, and I'd love to take a look at exactly what you're you're sending out because oftentimes we overgive. So people love those snippets. People love those, those, that's the reason why TikTok is so explosive. It's because people have 30 to 60 seconds of attention. So I would think, you know, looking at it from a, okay, what are the, the small tidbits that I can extrapolate from that? And then repurposing that content as well. Um, but I, I definitely, I think that it's, brilliant to take, especially those interviews. And then, you know, what's down the line? Like, what is your purpose? Can you turn that into an ebook? Can you turn that into something um, smaller, but also larger and can, you know, create content uh, from a, a collaborative standpoint with all of those interviews that you're doing and then create something bigger from that. But also just, I think, depending on your audience, you know, and that's really what we would have to take a look at or, you know, there's brilliant minds in this room to, to also help as well. Uh, because I would never consider myself, I've been in, I've been an entrepreneur for 12 years and I've launched uh, several companies, but uh, there's people far brighter than me in terms of content. You're actually sitting next to one, uh, Sarah McCord, who is brilliant at content and strategy, but really taking a look at that audience and who am I talking to and what is their, their bandwidth and what are they asking for too? So often, and, and this is something I'm giving a speech on uh, relatable workplaces and part of their challenge is, I think somebody's unmuted. Um, but one of their challenges is that they're just not asking the questions of what does my audience want as well. And there's so many opportunities for us to speak to the people that that we're trying to connect with, but we're not asking them questions. We are delivering. So you're delivering some amazing content now, and they're responding to it. And obviously, seeing the ROI, seeing the response is such an important element of this, but also what are the questions that I need to ask in terms of what are they looking for and being willing to listen is, is such an aspect of relatability because we need to understand what people are, are looking for in order to deliver content that matters. So that's what I would say on that one is if this is working and you're getting people on that list, then ask them the questions and, and do polls and, and invest in time. Some of my best content has come from having actual discussions with people, almost like a focus group of saying, okay, listen, I want to create this for you. Can you give me 10 minutes of your time and we can jump on a call or group Zoom and say, you know, this is what we're looking for because you will get no better insights than asking direct questions. Okay. I love that you just said that because I was thinking about my question in my head and you're going right down this road. So we start to do this, build this sense of community for a reason, whether it's a business that we launched or it's something that we're completely passionate about, or, you know, it's a new, some philanthropic, you know, journey that we're going, whatever it is, there's a reason why we start this. And then we want to reach out to people and start building a sense of community. And yet I feel like once you get that exposure and you start creating that sense of community, 
again, depending on how big it grows and how many people you have in and engaged, you have to be very, very, very purposeful and not really straying from that compass, delivering the message that you intend to deliver. And I struggle with this. I know I'm a very, like, I'm just business minded. I I think very logical. There's not a lot of emotion in what I do. And it's something that I'm working on because like you said, you got to bring the humanity back. And I know I disconnect a lot in that regard. And so I, when I'm talking to people, whether it be, you know, I I do coaching and consulting in real estate. So whether I'm talking to them about their businesses and this year I actually just launched my company. And so I'm in the process of really building that community. I feel like a lot of the times when I'm speaking, I, almost feel like I'm a broken record because the content that I'm delivering is like, there's only so many ways that you can deliver it. It's like these, this is the foundational pieces to what you need to do. This is the value that I know that I bring. And yet I feel like I struggle with that. Like, am I saying the same things over and over again? And then my mind goes to, well, Amanda, sometimes when you say it the first time, people don't hear you yet. When you say it the third or the fourth or the fifth time, they might get it. It clicks for them. And so I struggle with that. Like how far off of that compass do I go to engage different new people without losing this path that I'm on in delivering the content that I intend to. And yet at the same time, not boring people. And they're like, gosh, every time I show up, she's really kind of talking about the same stuff, just in a different way. And so I would love to dive deeper into that. And then, you know, really how, how do you ask people for that? Because I'm sure, you know, as well as I do, when you ask for feedback, sometimes you get way more than you bargained for. And like, how do you narrow out the noise and still stay true to whatever your message or your purpose is? I don't even know if that question made sense. <laughs> no, it does. And I'm gonna, I know that we're probably late on time, but there's two things that, that really uh, I want to touch on quickly on that. One is that I think the research now shows back when, so <laughs> I also was in advertising. My, my undergrad degree was in uh, advertising at Syracuse. And then I worked in advertising for a bit before I went to law school. And so back in the day, you had three touches is what they said was what was necessary for people to absorb your information. We are so oversaturated right now that it's up to over 20. So people are not getting it the first time. They're not getting it the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the 10th time. So continue to say your message. And you can also, I, I always say like, focus on that North star. And I, I have this in my book where I talk about inspire. What is your then what? Your then what is what is that North star? How do you focus moving forward, but always stay in that direction. And you can create so many different opportunities to, to speak around your topics, but focusing on that North star storytelling is a great way to continue to say the same thing and stay under that umbrella, but allow it to reach people in different ways. We all have different ways of absorbing information. And so if you allow yourself to have a a diversity in that with how you speak to them, whether it's through statistics one time, through research another time, through storytelling another time, you're able to create different methods of reaching that audience. And the other thing is regarding feedback, I always said this, that if one person gives it, it's an opinion. If over three people give it, then it's a fact. So use it as a cumulative. Use it as a a way of uh, just the way that any sort of research study does, looking at how the data rises to the top based on uh, cumulative responses. So I'm going to pause my mic because I I don't know if you have to turn it over and I don't want to go over on time. Can I jump in real quick? Can I add to that? Of course you can, Glenn. Is that okay? Would you guys be okay with that? I hate yes. <laughs> this is a, a, a really great interview, and I'm uh, learning learning more and more about uh, Rachel. 
uh, over the last like few weeks and she's just a phenomenal human so thank you for sharing this space and time with us rachel and justin and amanda your questions are really spot on and this is an incredibly valuable segment for anyone in the room that's looking to get elevated in the year 2021 and i say that clearly uh, because i need everyone to know and understand that utilizing social media is a requirement of a successful business moving forward and understanding the personality behind the brand is also a requirement moving forward in today's day and age. And so very valuable interview. And Amanda, to your last question, I wanted to say two things. Uh, the one thing that I just kind of wanted to share is uh, un unmute real quick, Amanda, if you could. And I would like for you to finish this sentence. Motivation, education. Motivation, education. Okay, doesn't got it yet. Motivation, education. Does anybody Mo know? Oh, motivation. motivation. Inspiration. Right? Right? Motivation, education, inspiration. Okay, yeah. no problem. And, and and what comes after? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. That's right. There's three of them, right? There's three good mornings. And motivation, education, inspiration, right? And we talk about the morning five in this room all the time. If you change the way you start your day, it'll make a massive impact in your life, right? So the messaging is always the same. And human beings, psychologically, we respond to that. If you go to a concert for your favorite band of all time, what are they required to play while they're on that stage? What the do you hits. want to play, man? That's all the hits. Yeah, the hits. Your favorite songs, right? The ones that you've heard a thousand times, 3,000 times, 5,000 times. If you went to that concert and they played all new music, none of your favorite songs that you knew none of the words to, you'd be like, these people suck. I'm never spending another dollar with them ever, ever, ever again, right? So human beings, psychologically, that repetition leads to a sense of trust. We trust, we know what's coming, it's predictable, right? And we like having predictable things in our life. So think about that in your branding. Yes, you're telling the same, you're giving the same strategies and you're giving them in different ways, like Rachel said, with different stories and different ways to connect. But ultimately you're serving your audience if you stick to it and give them something they can trust and that ultimately is predictable. Now, the other thing that I wanted to um, share on the second part of your question there, and I got really excited about that one, the- Feedback. Yeah, yeah, on the feedback. The second the thing that I wanted to share on feedback is I have lots of kids, as you know. And one thing that we've learned from our kids is when we say, um, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to eat? Any of those things. When we leave it wide open, we get crazy answers, right? Like the craziest answers. We'll be like, what do you want to eat for dinner? And they're like, ride my bicycle, right? Completely not, it's not helpful. And so when you're asking for feedback, give your people some options. Be like, would you rather hear this, this, or this? Would you rather I spend more time in this area, this area, or this area? That way you can funnel that feedback and channel it so it's a little more controlled and it's not just wide open and you don't spend a whole lot of time sorting through stuff that's irrelevant to what you're trying to talk about. So just wanted to add those two points. Hope that helps. Appreciate that you perfect. so much, Glenn. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Rachel. Everybody tap on her profile. We will be, I'm sure, talking off channel and we're
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.